All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Off the Cuff Podcast. My name is Alex, and welcome to episode two. How are you guys doing? You guys doing okay with like the virus and everything? Everything's like pretty crazy right now, but that's why I'm here to give you guys, you know, a special special episode, some some entertainment for you guys to listen to. So let's get right into it. First things first. I just want to tell you guys what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the Babadook. We're going to be talking about the Florida Project. And we're going to be talking about the AMC Theater's rejection uh, to Universal Studios' new films. And on top of all that, whatever other kind of shenanigans we can get into, we're uh, going to explore those too as well. So, yeah. You know, let me take a drink real quick. I have a nice little monster here. We're going to try to get, you know what? I want to get sponsored by monster one day. Like I, I just hope like I can just, I hope they just like pick me up and decide to send me free drinks. Like I don't even care about money, you know? Ah, nice. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. the first thing I want to actually even mention is, uh, you know, just say rest in peace to Jerry Stiller. I kind of grew up watching him and on Seinfeld and pretty much all of his movies. And uh yeah, I just want to send my condolences out to Jerry Stiller and the family and Ben Stiller and the whole gang. Rest in peace, rest in peace. And uh yeah, it's pretty it's just pretty crazy, you know, how life's going, but he was pretty old. He died of natural causes, so it's not horrible. That's just how life goes. But it is sad. So the next thing I wanted to talk about before we even get into the nitty gritty of this podcast is the Money in the Bank match from WWE last night. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Because what the hell was that match? Like, what was the match? I just want I just want to talk. I, hey, Vince McMahon. Hey, I just want to talk. Who's writing this? Who's writing it? It's literally the worst thing that. I have probably ever seen the WWE do. And I saw that Funhouse match from WrestleMania. <laughs> and this is worse. This was worse. This is this is a disgrace to like with the Funhouse match like yeah, they're trying something new, you know, they're trying to do a little bit of cinematic stuff. I I get it. But with this with this money in the bank match, it was a disgrace to professional wrestling. And I'm just going to go out and say it right now. Like it was literally a disgrace to professional wrestling. It was a disgrace. And any of you people that are saying that it's one of the best matches they've ever seen, you need to go back and watch real, like actual wrestling. You know, I listened to a podcast one time with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he said it perfectly. The WWE needs to get back to the basics, wrestling. They need to focus on the wrestling, and if you're going to write a story, if you're going to write something, you know, some kayfabe story about it to, you know, to draw the, to make it a little bit more spicy, a little bit more interesting, go ahead and do that, but focus on the wrestling don't do all these little cameo like you don't have to do all those cameos like yeah okay yeah ha cute little cameos like but like what can we just like talk about that stephanie mcmahon cameo in there like that was obviously filmed like separately outside of the match 
and you can like literally tell that they just spliced it in there and it was edited horribly like it looked like somebody from high school edited it like i could probably edit something cleaner than that it it, it did not seem realistic at all and it just seemed so poor like it seemed like they just didn't even want to try they had so much time to like really do this because it wasn't live and they just they just failed like i don't even know what they were even trying to do it just came out so bad just horrible that's probably the worst i i think that is the worst match that i've ever seen in my entire life it was so bad it was bad it was bad it was just, it was, it wasn't even a match. It, you can't even call that wrestling. There was barely any wrestling. And then they tried to save it by like, you know, pretending to throw Rey Mysterio off the roof or something like, okay, cool. Like that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Throw him off the roof and ha ha ha. That makes it like, it makes me want to talk about it a little bit. But other than that part and maybe the, them going into Vince McMahon's office, it wasn't funny. The cameos were stupid and misplaced. The editing was really bad. The wrestling was even worse than the editing. So, like, w- like, just please explain to me what the WWE is doing. They-, they need to get their shit together, man. They really need to get their shit together. It's it's out of control at this point. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that them. You know, I'm not saying it's not hard for them because of the coronavirus and stuff. But it, 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 it trust me. You can do better. You can do better. You're the WWE. You, AEW shouldn't have better wrestling than freaking WWE. There's no way. If if that's the case, more people are going to be tuning into AEW. Mark my words. And uh, yeah, that's that. You know, that's just a small little rant that I wanted to go on about that because I watched that last night and I couldn't. I couldn't even barely sit through it. And then I'm scrolling on Twitter on the hashtag for money in the bank. And everyone on there is like saying how much they love it. Like, are you a wrestling fan? Are you a fan of wrestling? Because that wasn't wrestling. There was, that was something else. I don't even know what to even call that. So you can, you can sit here and say that that's wrestling all you want, but it's not, that's not, that's not real wrestling. I had to, I had to put on an ECW match today. I had to, I had to go watch John Cena versus RVD, uh, from one night stand on ECW to, to really, uh, you know, to cleanse my palate, so to speak of that. Cause it just was horrible, just horrible, 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 horrible all around. And they can do better. And we shouldn't settle for, why would we settle? Like, why do we have to settle? You know, what, what's the point? Why do we have to settle? Settle. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. You know, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. May I might explore this topic even further. Um, not on this specific podcast or this episode, but, uh, I actually am launching another podcast, uh, that, you know, you guys should tune into. It's going to be called the Prying Eyes Podcast. I don't, I don't know if I let you guys in on the secret about that in the last episode or not. I probably did, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to be launching a podcast with my brother uh, shortly. It'll probably be up before this episode airs. Um, I mean, maybe not. Who knows? I have to edit it tonight and get it up 
uh, on streaming platforms. Um, yeah, uh, the audio, we're working out some audio difficulties, but we wanted to get some, we wanted to get something out for you guys. Uh, and it's going to be a cool, it's going to be a cool ride. And, and my brother watched uh, that money in the bank batch with me. So maybe we'll uh, explore it a little further and talk about it. All right. So onto the first topic that I wanted to talk about, I guess was, and I wanted to talk, I just wanted to talk about the Babadook. Just, okay. Here is, here's my gripe with the Babadook. Okay. You guys ready? Are you like, are you literally ready to hear this and ready for me to, you know, ruin this movie for you guys? Okay. So first of all, mild, there's going to be a mild spoiler in this. There's going to be a mild spoiler in this little review thing, this little rant that I'm going to go on. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say it, put that out there because a lot of people were calling me out on social media saying that, uh, because I posted this quote spoiler on my social media accounts that, uh, they were like an unfollow me. They were mad at me because they, they, they thought I ruined the movie for them. No, I'm sorry. First of all, I don't even think that saying what I don't even think of like telling you what the spoiler is. I don't even think I don't. Okay. I don't consider this a spoiler. Let's just get that out there. I don't consider it a spoiler because, and I'll explain why, but I will, you know, humor you guys a little bit and give you guys a, a spoiler warning for all the people that haven't seen a movie that came out six years ago. Um, you know, and you guys can, you guys can go with, do with that with what you will. But if you guys want to continue listening, go ahead. Uh, if not, uh, sk- I would skip this part and just go ahead to the next uh, topic that we're going to talk about. But let's get into it. This is my gripe with the Babadook. The Babadook is actually a quite fine movie. It's a quite fine horror movie. It was actually a great horror movie until one scene towards the end decided to ruin the entire film. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of people complaining that I'm saying this, but guess what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm putting this out in the world because I'm putting this out in the world because people need to know why the Babadook isn't as great as they think it is. Okay. So let's get into it. The Babadook is a story about grief. It's a, it's a horror movie thriller almost about grief and how it it, kind of plays on the same themes like hereditary played on where you know it's people going through a loss of a family member and they're trying to deal with it and 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 stuff like that and then you know strange things start happening and you know they go down this paranormal route with it and it's almost like a creature feature at at, at some points but here's the thing that the movie itself is scary it's scary throughout almost the entire thing. It's it's actually good. It's engaging. It makes you want to watch it. It makes you angry at some of the characters. It makes you feel what the some of the characters are feeling, you know, in the moment. And when I originally was watching this, I was like, wow, like, you know, this was living up to expectations. I was going to give it a four and a half out of five stars. 
I was going to give it four and a half out of five stars because it was so good. I was like, wow, this is like her, like a level of like hereditary, you know? This is good. This is really good. And then uh, the scene happened. The scene where the mom in the movie kills the dog. She kills the dog, okay? Now, here's first of all, here's why I don't think this is a spoiler. Sorry if you hear my dog barking in the background. Uh, <laughs> I need to like, you know, audio, I need to like, yeah, like acoustically treat this room here, but let, let's get into it. Let's get into why I don't think this is a spoiler, okay? So, I don't think this is a spoiler because I don't think this is a spoiler because it has no point of even being in the movie at all. It doesn't further the plot at all. It has no reason to be in the movie. And the reason why I don't think it's a spoiler is because if you took it out of the movie, it wouldn't have any effect on the actual movie. And that's why I don't even like, that's why it ruined the movie for me as well. Because if you took this scene out of the movie, there, it wouldn't do any, like it wouldn't matter to the movie. There's no reason to kill the dog. Please explain to me why they added that scene other than the fact that they are rookie filmmakers, other than the fact that of that. Because let, let's get into the nitty gritty. The film works by having subtle cues and subtle horror elements like it's things that are off screen things that you don't see the unknown that's what's scary about it that is what's scary that's what's drawing us into the movie right so like why would you have such like a visceral like scene in the movie and why would you just like like put that scene in there like at all i'm not even saying don't kill the dog i'm saying don't have it on screen because it doesn't play to the story at all first of all you, first of all you don't have to kill the dog there it doesn't it doesn't matter if you kill the dog or not there's no reason to there's no reason to kill the dog okay so you could just take that scene completely out of the movie and it would be fine right so if you're going to leave it in maybe do it differently maybe just do it differently where you have uh it happen off screen or something why would you have it on screen i think that's just such a terrible stupid rookie move that was put in there just to be like you know this shock it's it's supposed to be like a shock value type thing it's supposed to shock you and and make you want to talk about the movie maybe they thought that the movie wasn't maybe they thought the movie wasn't going anywhere because it was playing so subtly on those horror elements that they just were like that the filmmakers were just like yeah let's add this like visceral moment where like she kills the dog and it just leads up to the ending and it, like why would you have that kick off the final act like it just for me it it, it just was a, in poor taste it's a stupid trope that doesn't belong in movies anymore I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to kill a dog. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, if it's like necessary for the plot, but like, if there's no other reason to put it in the movie, don't put it in the movie. If it doesn't further the plot, don't put it in the movie. Like, why would you even have that? Just to be shocking? Wow. Cool. Well, guess what? I'm going to lose respect for you as a filmmaker if you're just going to do something to be shocking. 
Now, if the whole movie was to just be shocking, then that's a different story. If all of your movies are going to just do that to be shocking, that's a different story, you know? If you're just going to have one moment in a movie where everything else is perfect and and subtle and um, really draws you in, then why would you blow your load by putting the climax, like putting such a climactic visceral scene and just like not have it like really mean anything in the movie and just put it like at the beginning of your final act like that's so bad it's so stupid and it's so bad and if you that's why i don't think it's a spoiler either because if you took it out it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to the story at all so how can i ruin the how can i ruin a story if uh, by saying something that doesn't have anything to do with the plot you know what I mean? That would be a spoiler to me. Like if someone was like, oh, well, the person in the movie has red hair. I'd be like, okay, oh my God, you spoiled? Like you, you, what are you going to say? I spoiled the movie for you? Oh, the, the main character has black hair. Oh my God, you spoiled the movie for me. Like it's the same thing. Like it, has, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot, right? But like it's just in the movie. And it, like that's why I'm saying it's not a spoiler either. So like... Why, so first of all, if I'm gonna say that if I if I post that uh, the person kills a dog in the movie, don't tell me that it's a spo- spoiling anything. So like, how can you write a review? Like, w- I mean, like, what am I supposed to put in a review? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, like you could technically say that anything I write in a review is spoiling it because that's what the movie. That's what you're gonna be doing. Even if you just talk about the plot, which is already released in a trailer or something, or you can just find online information. You can just find online. Yeah, guess what? You could technically call that a spoiler. If I say, oh, this was if this scene was really intense. Well, guess what? I'm spoiling the scene for you because I'm telling you it's going to be intense. You know what I mean? So like there's no there's you can't just like tell me like a spoiler is almost like an objective thing. So you can't just like tell me that something is a spoiler. It's if I don't think it's a spoiler, then I don't think it's a spoiler. So like when I post it on Letterboxd and I write, hey, this is a spoiler. Uh, or and I don't write and I don't like you know mark that it's a spoiler and I just say hey why did she kill the dog because that's literally all I wrote and like people were like literally complaining about it even though the movie came out six years ago and they just didn't watch it yet so like guess first of all here's the thing if a movie came out six years ago we should be able to talk about it and if you have access to this movie like it's on streaming services and you could just go watch it we should be able to talk about this movie if it's a popular movie that most people have seen we should be able to talk about this movie spoil like regardless of saying that there's going to be a spoiler but anyway regardless of that yeah i I gave you guys a little bit of a spoiler warning so i played you know i humored you guys a little bit but i just wanted to like rant about that a little bit and just kind of tie it into why I don't think that this even belongs in the movie at all. It's just it's just tacky and a stupid trope that just take it out of the movie. Just take it out of the movie. It would make the movie, it would literally make me give it a four and a half out of five stars rather than a three and a half out of five stars, you know? Or maybe just a four out of five. Regardless, I would literally bump it up to be a higher score than I gave it if that scene wasn't in it because that scene ruined the all the rest of the things that i already saw that it took me out of the movie completely so that's why i bumped it down a whole star and made it me and it made it mediocre because it took me out of the movie it made me not even care about the ending because it just like blew their load too quick 
that's like first of all that's like a climactic visceral thing that you're seeing on screen and if you're not seeing anything else throughout the entire movie and they're just going to put that in there and then just expect us to then just watch the final act with like as if it's you know still building up and we're still going to get that climax then the climax isn't going to work you know what i'm saying like you're 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 using the climax too early maybe if that was like the actual ending of the movie or something i don't know it would have been different maybe i don't i don't know either way i just think that th- them even having that in this in the movie at all doesn't further the plot and it just it's just stupid and that's my also my advice for any upcoming filmmakers that want to make a film and i'm not and i'm not saying like don't be shocking or don't don't put things like that in your movie but try to do it in, a, in an original engaging way that is not, that's not going to make you know, an audience member lose interest in the film you know just try to just try to like keep that in mind especially um you know especially if you're going to make a movie so good to begin with and then it just trails off into that garbage at the end you know just just try to keep that in mind oh geez all this ranting is making me all his rantings making me, uh, you know, lightheaded. Strength of my monster. <sighs> All right. So let's talk about the thing that I know you guys are all here for. Well, actually, hold on. Let's let's actually before I actually talk about. Um, I was going to talk about the Florida Project, but but. But before I actually talk about that, let's get into the AMC theater thing. So AMC theaters, right? They decided to put out a statement saying that they are not going to be showing Universal Studios films in their theaters once things start opening up again. First of all, first of all, let's be honest. We'll be lucky if theaters even survive to open up. Okay, so like I, that showing like a certain, you know, film studios movies is, is there. It should be the last thing that they are concerned with. But we'll get to that in a sec. Um, yeah, like I just think like when when you add something, when you when you say something like that, you have to like kind of take into consideration and context of like why you're even why you even have that opinion. Right. So from from AMC, okay. I'm not saying AMC's wrong, okay? Because AMC is totally correct by saying that they're not going to be doing this because it, it it's technically hurting their. It's going to hurt their business. They're they're 100 right. It's going to hurt their business. If Universal Studios, which is one of the biggest filmmaking studios in the world, if they decide to start putting their stuff out on VOD before uh, it comes out in movie theaters or you know concurrent like at, con, con, i don't know at the same time as um they put stuff out in theaters which i think was already kind of happening but they're going to probably start pushing to get things on vod which is what he was which is what the executives were trying to get at with their statements from universal they were trying to say like we're going to try to push towards vod releases and if they're going to push towards vod releases that's okay they're allowed to do that, right? That's going to help them. That's going to help their business. They're looking f- for the future, right? Now, banning banning their movies from being even shown at all 
is probably not the right move from theater standpoint and that's probably going to hurt them in the long run hurt the theaters in the long run and you have to like kind of take into consideration the fact that yeah if they're, if they're going to put it on bod they're just going to put it on bod regardless and if you're just going to ban their movies it's not going to make people want to go to the theaters they're already not going to go to the theaters but if they do go to the theaters there's not going to be universal studios movies to go see you know because you're banning them right so guess what they're going to go to another theater that is showing the universal movie theaters that, that is showing the universal movies you know they're they are going to go they are going to go there because why would why would they not why would they why would they stay at amc and keep going to amc when you're not showing the movies that they want to see you know universal studios is huge and you can't you have to take that into consideration too but here's the thing it's going to be good for i think it'll be good for everyone involved if they start releasing things on vod although it will hurt the movie theaters in general regardless of whether they still show universal movies in their theaters it's still going to hurt them in the long run to put things on vod but it's going to be safer um people are already not going to be going to the theaters and they're just preparing for that ahead of time because they already know why would you go to a theater right now the and the whole experience of going to a theater is going to be completely different once theaters do open back up you know like it's not going to be the same thing it's not going to be exactly the same as it was they're going to have to change because you're going to have to update your cleaning procedures and, and things like that But all these things you have to take in con- into consideration, and it's stupid to it's stupid to make such a hasty. I think it's just stupid to make such a hasty decision so early in the game, because you don't really know how this is going to play out. It could play out well for you. It could play out in the sense that they don't just release on VOD. But I think that's like what they're. I think they're just kind of threatening universal studios and saying like listen if you start putting stuff out on vod that's going to hurt our business so we're just going to ban your theater ban your movies from our theaters and you know that's trying to try to scare them into actually being on actually putting their movies out in the theaters but it's like it's going to backfire it's going to backfire it's definitely going to backfire (laughs) like there's no ifs ands or buts about it it's going to backfire Mark my words. All right. So with all that said, um, again, guys, please, please, please uh, keep a lookout for any new videos on my main channel, Off the Cuff Reviews on YouTube. I'm going to be putting out a ton of more content. I'm starting to release content on Tuesdays and Fridays now. um, And we may get a new Stranger Things uh, season one review soon so be on the lookout for that um i'm just trying to think of like no new movies and and things and tv shows and and things to talk about so uh yeah make sure you guys follow my youtube channel and and my social media accounts and also uh be on the lookout for the prying eyes podcast which is going to be coming out any day now uh it's going to be on out on all streaming platforms for podcasts it's going to be out on youtube it's going to be out everywhere we're going to have we have we're going to have an instagram um so just be on the lookout for that kind of stuff and i will update you guys 
when I have more updates. But the Prying Eyes podcast, just make sure you guys tune in. I have we have so much to talk about. Uh, me and my brother, me and my brother, we just love talking about uh, different, uh, you know, things like conspiracies and and mysteries. And we might start a YouTube channel too to go along with it and start releasing content on there as well. So just you know, be on the lookout. And hey guys, I Hey guys, I just wanted to give you guys fuck. And hey guys, fuck dude, that's stupid. Hey guys, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Anchor uh for being an amazing distribution service. You guys, if you guys want to start a podcast, you should get on it ASAP. Anchor is a great way to distribute your podcast. They will do all of the work for you. They will get you on every single streaming platform possible. And they will also get you advertisements as they come in. You'll be able to see your analytics in real time. You will also be able to uh, you will also be able to record and edit your podcasts right there on the app itself. You can record and you can add anyone into the session as well to record with you from anywhere in the world as long as they have the app. And another cool thing about Anchor is that it is completely free. It is free of charge and they do everything for you. Um, I'm using Anchor currently and... I implore everyone out there that wants to start their podcast to just get on it as soon as possible, use Anchor, and uh, let's all build this podcast family together, you know? All right, and now on to the main topic that I wanted to talk about, and that is the Florida Project. (sighs) What a movie. What a movie. What a movie. What a movie. Okay, so... If you guys didn't know, The Florida Project is currently out on Netflix right now. You can go stream it. It is an A24 film production, and it stars William Defoe, Brooklyn Prince, and uh, a whole bunch of other amazing, amazing people. You guys should go definitely check this out, um, and here's why. The Florida Project is a really raw an authentic telling of this underrepresented community of people in America. It shows their hardships on a day-to-day basis. We follow a, a mother and daughter who are very poor and live at a motel in Kissimmee, Florida. And basically, we follow them throughout a summer and we just they just show us their daily lives. But the reason why this movie works so well is because of how raw and how real and how authentic this movie is. This movie is insane. It, this movie is like insanely engaging. It makes you want to watch it throughout the entire thing. There's no slow parts. Slow meaning boring. There's no boring parts at all. This movie is a a 
a character study of how people come together in a community in in an underrepresented part of America and it just shows how 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 uh how much they struggle on a day-to-day basis and we see in the film it follows a mother and daughter like i said who who um you know who, who get into shenan who get into shenanigans all the time the mother's always getting in getting into her own shenanigans and the kids are getting into their shenanigans now the kids in the movie the whole movie is told from the perspective of children in general but mostly of one child her name is mooney played by brooklyn prince now mooney is this girl who's very bright and very very uh she she's very innocent but she's very bright so she doesn't really she's really she doesn't really know she doesn't really comprehend what's actually happening to her on a day-to-day basis but she knows enough to care about it so let's get let's get into how why the florida project works and what makes it so real so sean baker has this masterful way of helming a movie and showing characters just doing day-to-day tasks but in a strangely entertaining engaging way The movie relies on a whole bunch of factors to come together and all of those factors did come together in this movie there's a lot of criticism about a whole bunch of things about this movie but those criticisms don't hold up if you just understand and open your mind to what this movie really is representing and what this movie really means and so for people to to complain about it or or criticize it and then at the end say maybe i just didn't get it yeah you just didn't get it you really just didn't get it so here's here's why sean baker has these has these actors and actresses and he allowed them to go off script a lot and what that caused them to do is be more real and what what the the, another part about this movie it and how it works is a lot of the extras and the 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 locations and stuff are all real they're all real people and basically what they did was they went down to florida and they actually shot on location and they took these people who are in these in these areas and they just hung out with them and they studied them they just they just learned about them you know they opened up their mind to how they live on a day-to-day basis and by doing that they were able to actually you know portray them in a extremely accurate way and that's why it's so it's so heartbreaking i guess at the end um when you when you watch it all the way through and you get to the very end like it's extremely extremely um it makes everyone extremely emotional and uh and it's because of one it's because of brooklyn prince's performance her 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 performance was extremely authentic and heartbreak heartbreaking and engaging and so so, on so many different levels too when she breaks down at the end it is it is absolutely unequivocal like i i everyone was just so 
so like enthralled in that scene like you cannot look away but you want to look away because it's so hard to sit through and watch but you you can't because she just draws you into the story you want to see what happens you want to see you get that climax at the end you get the climactic ending and and it's good it's a good ending but uh, it's definitely hard to watch it's definitely it's definitely sad and uh definitely emotional but i i recommend it to anyone anyone and everyone that loves movies at all to definitely sit down and watch and and here here's like another reason why this movie works so well the movie is told from the perspective of the children and so even when you see if you even if an adult is in a scene it is still told from the perspective of the child the the camera hangs on mooney like when when william defoe's character and the mom's character Haley, when they're in like in a scene together they might be fighting in the background and that might be what the scene is about but you're the camera is just hanging and focused on mooney and you get to see her reactions and you see how innocent she is and and you see how you see how uh how uh like ignorant i guess is the word it she is to what's happening but it's not her fault that she is that way it's just she doesn't understand completely what's happening she probably has some kind of idea about it but she doesn't she doesn't comprehend it completely because she's not old enough yet right and that's the that's also the beauty of how this movie works so throughout the entire summer of this of their fam of of the story you see them you see the kids just wander the streets of Kissimmee Florida you just see them going to get ice cream you see them going across the street in in a busy highway you see we see them going to you know walking to orange world you get you see them going into a field and running after helicopters you you see them like doing all these things but there's no parents there's no supervision william defoe's character is more of a parent to to these children than than their actual parents but it just it just shows and it showcases the innocence of of children and and how they view the world so well and uh when you when you get into the when you get into the movie and you really understand why it's working so well and when you really think about why it's working so well it's because of like even when you it's it's so many subtle things like when when William Defoe's character is just walking and and the camera's literally almost touching the ground but it's angled up at his face and you see him in the sky why do you think it's why do you think it's shot like that why do you think most of every single shot is on Mooney when she's in the frame why do you think that because it's showing it from her perspective even if somebody's talking even if there's an adult talking or fighting or something on screen it's in the background or it's or you only get to see half of what's happening because it's told from the perspective of the child of children and that's why the movie works so well because it shows you how innocent and how how joyful it can be to be a child and how how they see the world and how everything's so big and vast and they're so you know they have big dreams and big imagination but at the end of the day this world's very real and and it's very small and the world's very 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 small and cohesive yet they think everything is just so big and and their imaginations make it look so so extravagant like when they when they show the hotels or the motels and the motels look like you know they're bright vibrant colors 
that's because that's because the bright vibrant colors that's what the, that's what they're seeing that's what the kids are seeing that's how they view those motels you know they don't view them as these poor people just living in a in a in this trash heap no they they see it as this big extravagant place so they don't they don't necessarily understand why things are happening but they kind of start catching on especially towards the end when everything just comes crashing but that movie works so well though i only have one criticism of that movie and my one criticism is that sean baker used an iphone for the last actual shot of the like the last scene of the movie he used an iphone and his excuse and and okay first of all back it up back it up back it up sean baker is actually had made an entire movie on an iphone and it looks really good because he's really good at one just directing in general and two he's really good at knowing how to manipulate the iphone so it looks good right now now we get into the last shot of the movie and why it doesn't work for so many people okay first of all it's shot on an iphone okay and the entire rest of the movie is actually shot on 35 millimeter film so it look you can see the difference you can see digital compared to film and it's really jarring how it switches immediately from film to digital like there's no there's no like cut there's no fade in there's nothing like that it's just literally it just cuts to the next scene and the next scene is shot with an iphone digitally right so it's it's kind of jarring to see that for some people now i personally don't care i don't i don't care um i noticed i noticed the difference but i didn't care like it wasn't as jarring for me that wasn't the part that was jarring for me the things that bothered me about that scene were was how shaky the camera was it's you could literally see like even though sean baker wasn't in front of the camera you can see him literally tripping over himself because it, it's just like the camera's almost falling out of his hands like when he's filming the girls running and and in all of that's fine i mean all of that like like that is why i didn't actually give this movie a perfect score i was going to give it a five out of five i gave it a four and a half out of five and that's only because the shot was so so shaky and all over the place it looked like it looked like it was edited badly it looked like it was poorly edited like um like a like a high schooler did it for a school project almost but the film actually is really good it, it it works well the whole scene itself it works well in the movie and it makes sense in the movie but it just doesn't work with like the, the shakiness like that's what's jarring to me like how shaky and how all over the place so the editing was and everything like that so if they were to like clean that up before they released this movie then it probably would have gotten a five out of five for me and most people i think that's i think that's really the issue with it now there's a lot of criticism about how it switched from from film to digital and how they were just running into uh, actually how they were just running about i'm not gonna spoil the ending for you there's a lot of criticism about that ending um i don't understand the criticism for the actual ending itself the ending and the and even switching from film to digital it makes sense it makes sense per the story but 
so everything's working right so like he had to shoot it on an iphone because they were going into disney and disney doesn't allow uh big camera crews like that without like a permit basically and he didn't want to get that and that's fine he's good at using iphones but he just missed the mark a little bit on this one so the shot is it, it like the concept of the shot is good and the uh like the actual storyline is good and the acting and everything is good but what is not good was the editing and the actual execution of shooting that scene everything else was immaculate about this movie especially everything that was shot in film was extremely extremely like impeccable it was impeccable like there was not a single frame in that movie that wasn't set up perfectly there wasn't a perf- there wasn't a scene in that movie that wasn't acted out perfectly william defoe's character i i don't think i've ever seen him in a more authentic real role and and he i've never seen him like really i mean i've seen him be amazing but i've never seen him really sell a role as well as he did in the florida project and honestly kudos to him and just kudos to the whole cast and crew everyone just did amazing brooklyn prince is going to be a fucking star when she gets when she gets older she's going to be a star mark my words a complete and utter star and yeah that's my thoughts on the florida project And hey everyone, thanks for like tuning in to this podcast and tuning in to my YouTube channel and tuning in to my other podcasts and anything else I'm doing. I'm eternally, eternally grateful for all of you guys that are listening and um, I appreciate all the support. We're going to be launching a Patreon shortly once I can kind of get the details finalized out with that so you guys can subscribe to the Patreon as well and get exclusive perks and videos um so just be on the lookout but this is going to be this is this i can feel this being the start of something amazing and i just wanted to i just wanted to extend my gratitude out to all of you guys so thank you so much for listening and tuning in and always supporting me and supporting anything i do and uh you guys are amazing you guys are the real the real uh you know made the real reason that any of this is going on so uh I bid you guys a farewell. I hope you guys stay safe. Uh, I know the world's crazy right now, but you know, just stay safe. And um, I'm gonna get sponsored by White Claw and Monster one day, and um, all of you guys will be drinking Monster for free with me. All right. So, cheers. Peace out. <laughs>